I'm here uh, with our good friend, Vicki Floyd Clark, who's just uh, finished a keynote here at our Servant Leadership Conference for 2017. Vicki, thank you so much, first of all, for coming and teaching, and secondly, for doing this podcast with us this morning. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, it's really wonderful to have you here. And Vicki, you spend your life really adding capacity to organizations, and by that I mean helping people to lead in a different and better way so that they can be more productive, produce more, and have excellent results. So let me ask you just first of all, what has most impacted you about being at the conference this year? The people. Mm. Getting to know the other participants. Uh -huh. Chatting with them learning from them. It was so, what a wonderful gift to have yesterday to be able to be a participant and to be a learner and to listen to their stories and to hear about their journeys in leadership and just their passion and their dedication. Just, just really just touched me. Yeah, I, I think it, it really is a microcosm of all these folks out in the world mm -hmm who are trying to do the work that we are so passionate yes. about and really hearing their stories, I think is great. And the fact that you're, you put yourself in that learner role. Yeah, always. Is so important. Yes. And uh, one of the things, or, you know, our friend Ken Blanchard, who you had the opportunity to hear yesterday, even, I mean, at his young age, <laughs> he still sits in conferences and takes copious oh, notes. Yeah which yes. is amazing to yes. me. I guess I always say that I am a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always learning. So just, and then talking to the participants, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, why isn't the news media here? Hmm. There's positive, wonderful things going on. Wonderful people. This should be, this is what we need to hear. Yeah. This is what yeah. we need to share. Everybody in that room just their passion and their devotion and their dedication to other people and to the power of positivity and, and transformation just, ooh, just got me all excited. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good point. We find that it's, it is difficult still, although it's getting better, to spread this message of servant leadership mm -hmm. because the, uh, the answers and the results, the answers to the questions are not always hard answers. And people want to see facts and figures mm -hmm. and dollars and, right. you know, they think that that's the way to go. And really, um, things aren't working so well out there in the world. And so, they want to see it quick. <laughs> yeah. They want, and this yeah. is not, I mean, we're talking about transformation. Right. We're not talking about knee jerk. We're not talking, we're talking about this takes time. This yes. is a cultural shift. It's a fundamental shift in the way all organizations operate, it, whether you're a business, a nonprofit, mm -hmm. or in the government sector. It is a fundamental shift, and it takes time. And we have to be patient, but we also have to celebrate. Yes, ab absolutely. So when I say to you the term servant leadership, what does that mean to you? It means someone who cares more about developing others than about being at the top of a pyramid. 
Hmm. It means someone who really wants to have a relationship with people, uh, again, in whatever organization, whatever company they're in, who is willing to put themselves out there, if you will, hmm. and to be authentic. Uh, and just the idea of saying, you know what, what I want to do every day is serve someone else. That's why I'm here. Right, and come into every encounter. Every encounter. With that attitude. Whether it's a chance meeting or whether it's in a company, in a nonprofit, but always, how can I serve another person? Mm -hmm. That you put that first. Mm -hmm. So there isn't this sense of how do I, how do I win? In this, you know, yeah. in this meeting or, um, as, as we say, encounter with people. It's really, really important. So when and how did you first learn about servant leadership? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that as a discipline, if you will, as, as I started, I was asked to do a presentation for an association hmm. who, again, is trying to turn all volunteer association that uh -huh. is trying to turn... The, the pyramid upside down. Uh -huh. And they said, would you do some research? We, we really think this is a concept that we want to put forth to our, to our incoming presidents and president-elects. And that's how it started. Uh -huh. And I just have been fascinated with it ever since. But what I realized is, in a way, it's kind of the way I try to live my life. Hmm. I didn't have the name for it in terms yes. of servant leadership. I mean, as we know, the concept of servant leadership comes from all the major religions, that to, to be a good person, to be a person of value, you want to serve others. Mm -hmm. You are concerned about other people. But when to think of it as a leadership style or a management discipline is what, uh, it's like, oh, yeah. And so it, it all came together at a nice time when I was changing careers. Mm -hmm and have just had a passion for it. Yeah. A lot of the work that I had done uh, with the Peter Drucker Institute mm -hmm. and Dr. Drucker's work about customer value, mm -hmm. always valuing other people. So it was like, oh my gosh, all this is starting to come together and make sense. Yeah. And so that's what it did. It, it, it just brought a lot of things together. Yeah. I like to say, and I've, I've shared this with other people, that servant leadership when um, Art Barter uh, took his manufacturing company, Daytron World Communications. I was an employee there at a mid-management level. And it, that fresh breeze of servant leadership allowed me to be the same person 724. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to go to work and become That's some right. different That's woman. Right. Take that mask off. Right. Be authentic. I could it be was the okay same person. to be you. Yes. Oh my gosh, how freeing yes, is that? For sure. And you know, not that it was easy to by any means to lead in a different way, but it was more who I am. I think this is not it, it's much easier to boss people around. Oh yeah. That primitive style of top down leadership <laughs> is much easier. Do this, do that, because I said so and I'm in charge. That's much easier yes. than being very deliberate, very strategic and always having yourself to think of others first, think of the long-term outcomes. Uh, it's, it's hard. This is not easy. Yeah. And it's definitely not easy when you're trying to turn an organization around. Right, right. Yeah, to be able to look at your team and say, you know, 
what does each person uniquely need mm -hmm. for me to inspire and equip them? Because yes. everybody's going to be different. Yes. And trying to figure out that puzzle as a leader is because really... one size does not fit all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no it's cookie so cutter. True. There's no cookie cutter way of interacting and relating to people. Mm -hmm. And so people who do that, um, missing out on the best of their team members. Yeah. They try to treat yeah. us all the same way. Yeah. We're motivated by different things. We respond to different stimuli. We respond to different uh, nuances. We respond to different environments. And that is very difficult to do. Yeah. So in your presentation today, um, you taught the audience about um, something that SLI uh, believes, which is the nine behaviors of a servant leader. And our, our teaching is that if you, that servant leadership can be learned mm -hmm. and that if you practice those behaviors on a daily basis, that a change will take place in your mindset and you will begin to look at situations in a different way. You'll be more predisposed to serving first, which is one of the behaviors. So you taught those behaviors. I'm going to kind of turn the table on you. Uh -oh. And which, <laughs> which two of those behaviors do you think you need to improve in? Well, like I said, I'm always a learner. The first one would be the listening, because mm -hmm. I'm a natural talker. And so I do need to listen more. And I need to slow my brain down mm. and listen more. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that's one that I really need to work on. Right. And the other one would be to demonstrate courage, is to have more courage. I have the courage of my convictions, but I often can be, and I hate to use this word, no one would ever use this word in term, thinking about me of shy, but sometimes <laughs> to have those courageous conversations. Yes. So that, that's what it is. I, I, I have courage and I have demonstrated courage, but sometimes those courageous conversations are very hard to have. Yes. And specifically, the closer people are to you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So those are the two, for the listening to understand and the demonstrating courage. So, so I have to just share with you in, in, with regard to listening, I have, you know, for years I thought I was just the greatest listener, you know, in the world. And then through this process of learning about servant leadership, I realized that what I would do is I would be so anxious and so focused on the response I wanted to give that I would not let people finish their thought before I jumped into the conversation mm -hmm. with whatever my particular angle was. And fortunately, you know, that became clear to me that, uh, that that's what I was doing. And so that's something that I've really tried to work on. Um, we like to say, you know, use these two phrases with people, tell me more and help me understand. Mm -hmm. And I think when you practice those, it really helps with that skill of truly being present and listening to people. Yeah, that, that's... Uh... I was doing the same thing as you, always jumping in. And even if I wasn't jumping in, my mind had already jumped ahead. <laughs> yeah, so this, right. Yeah, you know, you're, even if you don't verbally jump in, the mind has already gone right. to that place. So tell me more and, and help, help me, me understand. understand. And I don't know about you, but 
you know, how many people have you seen in office situations? They're, they're tell you, telling you that they're listening, but they're looking at the email at the mm -hmm. same time. They won't even look up. Yeah. They won't even look up. That, that's why when I talked this morning about this whole multitasking thing, mm -hmm. this, this whole busyness, which seems, it, I don't know why we have become that we value this idea that I can do 50 things at one time. Yeah. We really can only do one thing well at right. one time. And we really need to respect other people by looking up from our computers or our phones or whatever, we're, our screens or whatever we're doing and reconnect with humanity. Yeah. That, that's the one thing I love about servant leadership, that it's all relational. Yes. That it's about connecting with other people. And we have just become so disconnected. Right. The, right. the value of people, we value our screen time more. We value, yeah. you know, those, those types. We don't have time. People are an interruption yeah. <laughs> versus yes. getting to know people. It's an opportunity. Right. In that, in that um, pyramid model that we use in the hierarchical version where the CEO is at the top mm -hmm. above all the little people, um, the other thing that happens in that process, and I don't know if you've noticed this in your work or not, the customer becomes an annoyance. That's what I said, an interruption. Oh, yeah. Because we're so into our processes, mm -hmm. you know, and what, what we think we have to achieve. You know, if a customer wants to change something, it's like, oh, you know, it's like a fly on your shoulder. And we also have to think of customers as those we work with. We have our yes. internal customers, and then we have our external customers. And I think if we think of our internal customers, be they employees, board members, volunteers, mm -hmm. uh, all that, those are the people whose needs need to be satisfied and they need to be valued in order to make change for the external customer. Yes. So we think of it, I think a lot of people, specifically in business, think of using employees rather than engaging them. I've even heard that in the nonprofit, we, we, we use volunteers. No, we don't, we engage <laughs> volunteers. We don't use people, we use strategies, we use tools. We don't use people, we engage people. That is such a great point. Language. Oh, the language is powerful. Is huge. It's powerful. And that's a perfect example of the misuse of our language. Yeah. Yeah, we don't use people. I was working with a, some committee chairs of an association, and I was asking this uh, one man, I said, how's your committee? How's, how's the committee going? How's it working? He goes, if I didn't have to worry with those committee members, it would be fine. <laughs> and the first thing I thought was, I'm so glad I'm not on your committee. Because he saw them as an annoyance, that whatever the committee was tasked to do, he felt like he could do it by himself. Yeah. And he didn't understand why he had to bother with those committee members. And so this idea <laughs> oh, of engaging goodness. people. And I said, have you ever thought about drawing your committee members closer to the mission of the organization? He says, well, no, I thought we were just putting on this fundraiser. And I said, no, we're trying to draw them closer uh, to the mission of the organization and their, their productivity will ramp up mm -hmm. because now we're not just giving them a list of tasks right. to do. What we're doing is engaging them yeah. in the journey yeah. of the organization. Same thing in the corporate world. Where's the business trying to go? And it's not merely trying to make money. It has a direction. Right. And how do we make sure that everybody sees themselves 
going on this journey. Yeah, we like to call it using the mission to motivate. Oh yeah, it's all about the mission. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Peter. I'm a Peter and, Drucker devotee. And yeah. actually making it come alive for yeah. people, bringing the mission know. to life. So, what's the biggest challenge you're going through right now, if you have one, in your own leadership journey? The white space, the what, white we space. Learned, what we learned yesterday about yeah. making time for just thinking. Mm. Uh, being an independent consultant, yes. and I don't have people. Right. So the idea of making time for thinking, and, and that presentation uh, was very meaningful to me yesterday because the value of the thinking time and being okay with the, I need to just do some thinking about mm. things and looking at things and, and specifically my work, and just to be honest, my schedule. Yeah. A lot more strategically and being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. It's very, it is tough, but nobody ever said it was going to be easy. <laughs> but I was challenged by what she said and what she talked about. I do recognize the value of it. And so that's what I'm going to you know, going to work mm -hmm. to work on. Great. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think a lot of people are challenged uh, by that. I mean, I don't have anybody oh, watching me. You know, if we talked about people watch. She said if somebody walked into most cubicles and saw someone just sitting there and staring, they would think of them as a slacker versus that they mm -hmm. were being creative. Mm -hmm. You know, that those types of things. Yeah. So I don't have that type of external pressure, if right. you will. But the idea is that being more deliberate and making time for the white space time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, well, before we close out today, I want to ask you one more question, and, and that is, is there something right now um, that you are particularly passionate about that you would like to share with us? Some, maybe some initiative that's in your life? Yes, I am very, very passionate. I am fortunate to be on the board of the National Diaper Bank Network. Really? Yes. And the National Diaper Bank Network is an organization, national organization, that is working to help to combat poverty mm -hmm. and women's empowerment, to work on women's empowerment. And understanding that if women are able to go to school, if women are able to go to work and better themselves, that it will transform their lives and their children's lives. Hmm. And you say, well, what is this whole thing about diapers? That if I can't have diapers to take my child to, to daycare, even if I have a voucher for reduced or free daycare, mm -hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. And so what I have learned through that organization, the National Diaper Bank Network, about poverty, about women's empowerment, about the way that families have to struggle. And right now we're working on trying to get some sales tax laws changed mm. in certain states uh -huh. because the food stamp program, the SNAP program does not cover feminine hygiene products, does not cover diapers, does not cover uh, cleaning supplies. And if we could even just get wow. the sales tax yeah. removed, 38 states still tax all of those items. Wow. And then providing uh, technical assistance to this network of, of national diaper banks, but they understand that the diapers are the means to an end, that it's always about empowering people. 
Wow, so I'm learning. I guess yeah. one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this is I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning so much and I'm watching the respect with which everyone in that network works with women and families and, and, and how it all connected. Huggies is the primary sponsor. Hmm. So we have a business piece. We have the government piece working with the state legislatures as well as at the federal level mm -hmm. and at the local level. And then all of the, the, the diaper, the local diaper banks are nonprofits. And so it is a wonderful way to watch all three wow. sectors, to say all three sectors. And it doesn't matter what issue you're talking about, whether you're talking about literacy, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're talking about uh, food insecurity, there is a role for all three sectors. They're already in play. Mm -hmm. And, and the, that one of the things that the National Diaper Bank Network does is the intersection of all of those three. Mm. And it's very, it's extremely powerful. And it's led by, uh, again, an amazing servant leader named Joanne Goldblum out of Connecticut. And she just, she's one of those people that I would follow off of a cliff. <laughs> because oh, she believes in what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, she's open-minded. She is a true servant leader. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about now wow. because I'm learning and I'm growing. And I, I guess it's also taking me back. I'm a I'm a I grew up in the 60s. So I'm an old advocate, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, went to college in 69, you know, lived through the child of civil rights movement, uh, went into the workplace in the 70s during the women's movement. And I feel my old hippie coming out again. <laughs> So we, this, this, we share that. Yeah, so we this, share that time period. Yeah, in so common. this idea of, of really advocating and trying to make systemic change. Mm -hmm. No, I understand the value of direct service. Don't get me wrong, and we need that. But I do understand that we need some systems change. Yes. And so that's is, that is what's drawing me yeah. back. And I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I do what right. I can, right. you know, on this board. Um, and uh, I am excited about going to. Uh, DC, we're going to have a Hill Day, mm. and we will talk to legislators about this. Uh, so I'm very excited about yeah. uh, participating in that. Well, that is great. And the the one thing that I that I always like to point out in the you know the in, with charitable work or any kind of work of service is you are not only affecting those women today with their children, but it is something that will ripple through yes. the generations. Oh yeah. And it's really such an example of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. And that's how we change this world. And on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. in some communities, you have Girl Scout troops that are doing diaper drives. Yeah, you that's have so great. men's groups who are doing diaper mm. drives. And so all of that is going on at the local level yeah. while this other policy and advocacy work is going on at the national level and then educating about people don't really understand poverty. And now we're talking mm -hmm. about deep poverty. Mm -hmm. People don't understand the relationship of adequate daycare to family empowerment and those types of things. So that whole conversation is, is so important. And when you when you, you, you get all the reports from the diaper drives and all that. And it's just, it's wonderful. Then they bring people in to repackage diapers to get mm -hmm. them in certain sizes, but always teaching people about why the diapers, yes. why the importance of children being in daycare, why the importance 
of mothers and fathers and grandmothers, because there are so many grandparents mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. who are raising children, right. actually being able to go to work, to get an education, the health benefits. Yes. Uh, the, the, just the, it, and you say, it's just one little thing. It's a diaper. But the, what it represents mm -hmm. is, 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 is just so. And so what Joanne and her team have done is have drawn us all in to this amazing network. And we all just do what we can, when we can, mm. where we can. And one of the things that I can do is to talk about it. Sure. Because I have the opportunity to have conversations like this in many different groups. And so I'm, I can't raise a lot of money for them. I wish I could. I wish mm -hmm. I had, you know, I wish I had right. uh, those networks. I can't. But I am happy to talk about the mission and to talk about how grateful I am to be on that journey. Yeah. Well, Vicki, thank you so much thank for you. spending your time with us and, and sharing your passions. We sure appreciate it. Thank you. You're a, a great servant leadership. Or servant leadership. You're a great servant leader. Well, I we appreciate, appreciate it. This has thank been wonderful you so for me. Much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this conversation, and we encourage you to learn more about servant leadership and the services of the Servant Leadership Institute by visiting our website at www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. We're excited to announce the release of our latest publication, The Servant Leadership Journal, an 18-week journey to transform you and your organization, written by our founder and CEO, Art Barter. The book is available now on Amazon or our website. And save the date for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference, February 19th and 20th in San Diego, California. Thanks for listening and allowing us to add value to your day.